Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Occasionalists. Matt Pagel here, back once again, this time with a new guest host as we jump further into our 1990s month as we're going to talk some 1990s sitcoms uh, and sitcoms today. And we're going to do that with the one and only Rob Nugent. Nuge, how are you, my man? hey Pagel, my man. Uh, good to be back. Good to be on the pod again. Good to chat with you. Uh, I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I'm finally able to like, uh, finally beyond all the, as, as we just mentioned off air, like how much I hate computers. Um, computers were making my job miserable, which is really inconvenient in a tech company um, when the yeah, computers yeah. don't work. So f- everything's kind of back to normal. And like, it finally feels like, it finally feels like we've rounded some kind of corner. So like, finally, like I'm excited for more things, including doing these podcasts again. Nice, nice, dude. I'm uh, I'm pumped to be back, and uh, yeah, ready to chat some good stuff here. This is this is definitely going to be a really fun one, and I, I'm I'm glad that um, so we we've already done an episode with um, uh, video games episode with Greg Cherry. It was a lot of fun. Um, I knew to tap him because he was a big time gamer, and I knew to tap you because you were a person who watched a lot of TV and is the same age as me. So yes. it, this was like a perfect this is like a perfect matchup for this particular episode as we dive into some sitcoms. But uh, let's start it out with a little lightning round question for you. What sitcom house would you most like to live in? And the caveat here is you have to live with the cast as well. Okay, so Cosby Show's probably out, right? That's That's, that's a dangerous situation for you. (laughs) You might might wake up just suddenly missing time. Yeah. Yeah, probably going to avoid that one. Um, Okay, so... If I had to live, okay, this this doesn't qualify really as a house, but I'm still throwing it out there and give me your thoughts because I can come up with others. I'm actually going to give you a few. Okay. My number one doesn't qualify as a house, but I would love to hang out with with the whole cast. Um, one of my favorite shows, and I am not afraid to admit this. I've seen uh, every episode of the main show. They had a prequel. They had a couple of spinoffs. I've seen most of those, but the main show... I've seen every episode and can tell you what happens in every episode. Saved by the Bell. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Just to yeah, just to chill with them would be a very fun time. Yeah, I think it would be awesome to chill with them. Um, okay, a couple other ones that that I'll throw out there. More traditional like sitcom where you would live in a house. Um, home Improvement, I think would be a good one. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's really a pretty cool house. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you know what? Every girl that we knew growing up wanted Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, for so sure. I just ride Jay, his coattails. Jay, Jay, get his get his scraps. Yeah, yeah, I'm picking up scraps along the way. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, oh, um, for sure. The other one that I'll throw out here, uh, step by step, I want to hang out with the Code Man, dude. Cody, yes, for sure. That is a great. That was, that was also a house of people. Like upon hindsight, like if you if you go back and watch that now, everyone was really good looking. Like, oh, the, yeah. like not to be creepy about it, but I mean they're all like in their sixties and fifties now. But they but, were our age at the time. Though. Exactly. So there's no creepiness about it because we were the same age. Exactly. Like just like the most attractive household of of step siblings and step parents of all time. You and I would be the two ugliest people in the house by a long yeah. shot. And hands down. Hands down. Um, the youngest daughter in that show, uh, was Al. 
Yeah. Okay. And I'm trying to think of her real name. Um, uh, Christine Lakin. Uh, these days. Oh, yeah. Smoke show. Yes. Yes. I had a crush on Al then, have a crush on Al now, probably all time. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, but like all three of the daughters in that show. Yes. Um, we're all good looking. Right. And this was like when I was like, it probably came out. I don't know. Maybe I was like uh, 11, 12, 13. Like, you know, so kind of like getting into those days. Yeah. All three good looking. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. It's nuts. Good choices, though. Very good choice. I'm, I'm glad you went with a couple that are a little bit off the map. So because I'm going to I'm going to start with one that is right down the right down the middle of the plate here. Very obvious one. I would love to live in the Banks mansion, hang out with the Fresh Prince, hang out with Carlton. Yeah. You get a you get a sarcastic British butler to go with it. Um, yeah. House is gigantic. Uh, it's I mean, you might even get to witness one time Jazzy Jeff being thrown out by uh, <laughs> by Philip. Which right would be awesome. Off of his neck. Yep. I my favorite my favorite story about that is like when um, uh, uh, Jeff knew he was going to get thrown out in an episode when he had to wear like one of four shirts because that like they recorded just like very you know, they just recorded a couple times him getting tossed and it was always yeah. in, like one of those shirts so he's like oh guess I'm getting thrown out in this episode they're putting me in like this like brown and yellow spotted shirt and that was like when he yeah. knew he was going to get thrown out the front door love it. Yeah, I think you know what—that's a strong call. You're you're living in a mansion, right? Very affluent family. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get into legal trouble, you got a judge there. Yep. Uh, you know what? All of this is making sense. Yep. Now I'm going to go one that's a little bit off the off the radar here because I know a lot of people didn't watch this show, but it's a spinoff from a movie from a classic 1980s movie, and I would love to live in the Donnelly House from Weird Science, the series. Did you ever watch oh. that? I've seen the movie and the series. Yeah. Oh, it's been a while though. Dude, it's, um, this is one of those ones yeah. that is off the map because it's not like there's any, there's not any huge stars at all that came off the series, right? Like no one, no one really pops. It's like Michael Manasseri is uh, uh, Wyatt, Wyatt Donnelly. John Asher is Gary Bennett or Gary. I can't remember what his last name is. Um, and I think John Asher's most famous thing is he was married to Jenny McCarthy for like six years. Is like the okay. his claim to fame, but like Lee Turgenson, you probably know from you've probably seen Lee Turgenson in stuff. He's always a character actor; just pops up in stuff. Um, yeah, but like you get to hang out in this house where the two computer nerds have made a fantasy, essentially like a genie out of a computer, and she can grant them wishes with you know kind of limited powers, but can grant them wishes, which one would be awesome. But two, 1990s Vanessa Angel, absolutely cool. absolute smoke show. There's a reason why I watched every episode of that series. Yeah. Okay. Now here's the here's the follow up question for you. Who's better looking? TV show, um, Weird Science Girl, or movie Weird Science? Oh, Girl? Mo- Kelly Kelly Brock, or is it Brock Kelly LeBrock? Maybe. I think it might be Kelly LeBrock. But yes. Um, if we're if we're just doing the if like a one to one there, Kelly LeBrock, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. That tracks. That but tracks. but I, you know what? I, I will I will go ahead and uh, and take Vanessa Angel as the consolation prize. I mean, I, I I'm not sure she could stand being in the same room with like 15 year old me though at that point in time or 13 year old me, <laughs> just being a complete fucking creep. <laughs> just constantly pulling my shirt down. Yep, I kind of like can't face it. Ever. What's going on down there? <laughs> ridiculous! Yeah. Ridiculous. 
All right. So uh, anyway, Rob and I are both creeps as well as you will find out uh, throughout the course of this episode. Absolutely. Yep. Not denying it. Um, but let's get into this, though. So this is um, as kind of uh, to catch everyone up uh, on this at this point. I chose video games, sitcoms, and then music's our last episode as like sort of my three pillars of my life in the 90s as a kid. Um, you know, video games first and foremost. Sitcoms were like the next, were the runner up though. I watched a shit ton of sitcoms when I was a kid. I, I, I really, I was reminded um, how much television I actually watched as I was going through this, like all the shows and stuff that came back. Probably watched a dangerous amount of television actually when I was a kid, but whatever. Yeah. Um, you know what? So my personal situation here was yeah. that um, I never had a Nintendo or a Sega or anything. Oh no! We sure. got Game Boys once, and that was as close as it got to video games for me. So I was never a gamer, but because of that, I watched a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's uh, that's what else that you could do. I mean, don't get me wrong; we were kids, like so, you know, you're playing outside a lot and all oh, that. Sure. But I watched a fair amount of TV, so yeah, um, I hear you on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's, let's kind of get into this then, like, you know, rewinding back to the nineties, you know, when we're like teenagers or, you know, even like preteens really at that point. Um, did you have like a real particular sitcom night when you were growing up that you always tuned into? Yeah. I mean, for me, and I, I feel like if you, so I just turned 41. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you pulled anyone between like 37 and 47, maybe, Mm-hmm. Something like that, roughly. They're all going to say the same thing. It was Friday night. It was TGIF. Absolutely. That was the night. 100%. 100%. I mean, TGIF. There were, yep. there were some great shows on back then. We're talking um, Full House. We're talking Step by Step. Um, Perfect Strangers is on for a little bit. Yep. On that. Family, Family Matters. Um, yeah. That There were some hits. Oh, there were some definite hits, and it was, it was, it was like such a great capper to the week that like you're just gonna like sit down at home. And actually, I'm gonna ask you about this here in a second. Like, sit down at home and kind of like that's how the week was ending for you. Like, sit down, watch these great comedies, laugh for like you know was like a two hour block or whatever, um, and just like that was like sort of like the perfect capper to the to the week. Um, did you have like I don't know? Did you have like some kind of like I don't know, like, was it like a whole family situation? Like, you guys were watching TJF together? Or, like, what was the what was that deal like? So, in the 90s, it was not. It was pretty much just me. Now, mm-hmm. I will tell you, in the 80s, and I'm almost too young where I've heard all the stories from my family. I don't know if I remember it as much. In the 80s, my mom used to make homemade pizza every Friday. And then nice. it was uh, the A-Team and Knight Rider. And my dad loved both. And my brother and I would watch it with him. Um, but I was almost too young that I don't totally remember all of that. Mm -hmm. So by the time we get into the nineties and TGIF, I definitely remember that. Right. So I was, um, when I was eight years old when the nineties started. So like, you know, by the time those shows got going, definitely remember just sitting in front of the TV watching, yeah, boy meets world, family matters, full house, step-by-step, um, perfect strangers is on for a hot second. There was a show called Dinosaurs that was on for a hot second. Oh, love Dinosaurs. Um, yeah. Sister Sister was on for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, there was, uh, there were some hits, like I said. The, yeah, that TGIF block was, it was always anchored by like one or two shows there for a while. Like Family Matters was the anchor for a long time. 
And then, like, if a show really kind of jumped out, that they would move it to, like, I think Tuesdays was their other big night, was ABC's other big night. They, a lot of their shows yeah. migrated to Tuesdays. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, like, do you remember that they, it was such a, TGIF was such a big hit. Do you remember that, like, one of the shows, like, one of the families from the shows would host TGIF? Oh, I don't know if I remember that. I do remember it was ABC 8 to 10. Yeah. I definitely remember yeah. that. Um, so you would, I don't know if I remember them hosting. So you would have like, so like one night, like family Matt, like the family from family matters would host and they would like introduce each show, talk about like what was, you know, some of the stuff they saw or like make joke, crack some jokes about it, draw some connections to or whatever. And then like the next week it would be step-by-step step would host the show. Yeah. Or would host the, would host the block of, um, you know, the block of, uh, shows. And it would just like, so on. And sometimes like other shows from other nights, like, so like the dinosaurs cast hosted at one, one Friday night. And that was yeah. like, so like something that for sure we don't have anymore is that like, that doesn't mm-hmm. happen anymore. Pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, it is. But you know what? I mean, TV's just changed so much. Oh, right. True. Yeah. Um, I, so, you know, for, for people who know me, I've got three kids at home. The oldest is 15. My stepson, Dominic, um, he doesn't ever just sit in front in front of the TV and watch like, hey, I'm going to turn on ABC and see what's on, right? Like, that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we grew up in that last kind of era of like, hey, this is, you know, stuff that you want to watch that's on TV. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, you know, I was thinking about this and like, I I really, I think the last, and if not definitely wasn't a sitcom, the last show that I had like really like, a, this was like the night that I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and watch this show was Thrones Sunday nights. That, that was, that was the last time. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. My, my last two are probably entourage and then Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, and that was, yeah, you would make sure that you're back Sunday night, you know, at 10, 10 PM. Mm-hmm. So you can watch those two shows for sure. Absolutely. So what were your, so, okay. So from the TGIF block, what were your favorites? And did you have any other favorites that were maybe from outside of that block at that, you know, during that time? Yeah. I mean, full house, step-by-step boy meets world family matters, probably like the, the top four in there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and all four of those, yeah, I've seen them all a million times. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, loved watching them would watch reruns after school. Like sometimes, uh, you know, once it got into syndication, you would come home and, you know, like four o'clock, they're rerunning family matters on whatever, because they know that kids getting home from school want to watch that. Like I would say it's, it's those four. Oh yeah. Those are, and those are really, those are four all timers, like just of the genre period. Like yeah. those are four of the greatest of all time. Um, did you know, here's a little bit of trivia. Did you know that family matters is a spinoff of perfect strangers? I did because I do know that Harriet, the mom, was the elevator worker, I believe. Yep. In like the building somewhere, is something like that, if I remember correct. I, yeah, I think it's. I think it's where, um, where Larry worked, possibly. Okay. I think that's what it was, and she was on for like, she was in like three or four episodes, and they realized like, hey, because back then you just tried, at, you tried to spin off goddamn everything back then, um, and yeah. sure enough, it worked. It worked pretty well. But you know what? They tried to spin off everything back then. But these days, I feel like they just remake everything. Oh, uh, yes. There, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into that a little bit later for sure. It's, 
I mean, remakes and shit have been happening forever, but it does feel like we are, and this is to me, this is sort of the, this is sort of because of the data that, um, that some of these studios and companies have that they just know that every, every 15 to 20 years, they have to try to reboot something like they already have the, you know, they have the IP and in a lot of cases they have to try to make something with it or they'll lose the rights to it. And yeah. But also, they just know that every, like, 15, 20 years or so, nostalgia kind of bites for something, and they'll give it a try. Um, yeah. Well, we're going to get, I'm going to get into that for sure. But, yeah, that's something that, um, yeah, like, why why, why spin off Frasier when you can just start making Frasier again? Which, they're, yeah. apparently, they're very Which close Frasier to Frasier itself was a spinoff. Yep. Of Cheers. Yeah, he came from Cheers. So, like, that was a spinoff in itself. So, yeah, very good point. So, oh, so I'm going to, I'm going to add to these, I'm going to add to your, your top four because I had those as well, but were you a fan? I'm sure you were a fan of the Drew Carey show. I think everyone in Cleveland was legally obligated to be a fan of the Drew Carey show. Legally obligated. Absolutely. But it also was very, very funny. Like, yeah, I, I remember that being sort of like my first kind of, I don't know how to term it. Other like my first like adult kind of sitcom that I really got, like there were more yeah. jokes and things that I got, you know, than, than earlier on, which is, you know, something that. Upon watching, upon watching, like I rewatched Seinfeld recently, how many jokes I missed as a kid that just oh yeah flew over my head. Not like there were like I don't know I don't know how else to call them, but like besides adult jokes, but not like pornographic. They were not just crude like crude or crass, just meant for someone jokes, who knows more about the world. Exactly, jokes for people who are thirty five and have lived life, and it's yes. just like all those. I'm like holy shit! Like I missed a lot of Seinfeld. That was very funny. But Drew yeah. Carey Show was one of those first ones where I got, like, a little bit more of it. Third Rock from the Sun was one of my favorites. Do you remember that one? I absolutely remember Third Rock from the Sun. Um, the kid that was, was Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was the, was the guy. Not to be confused with the kid from Days and Confused, because they do look very similar. They do, yeah. Wiley Wiggins from Days and Confused, very similar. But, yeah. I remember uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I remember um, the short kind of weird guy. Oh, John Lithgow was the dad. French Stewart. The short kind of weird guy that would always squint. French Stewart. Yes, yes. French Stewart. And then they had, uh, at the time, a fairly attractive woman um, that was also... uh, Kristen Johnson. Okay. Yeah, the the tall... Kind of one of those... Like, I I realize, like, a pattern in my life... um, you know, like super tall women are kind of my thing. And it like upon like watching, rewatching some of these sitcoms, I'm like, yeah, I, it's always been there. Like I, that's <laughs> found her attractive, found, find all these like, you know, almost six foot tall women attractive. It's been there my whole There's life. There's a pattern here. There's a pattern. Yep. It has emerged. Uh, but third rock from the sun was hysterical. And I, I loved it because of like the weirdness of, Hey, these four aliens have come back to earth to, you know, taken up human form to study humans. It's like, the concept was stupid as fuck, but like it makes sense for like how weird yeah. everything is. Um, also, I'm going to tell you another okay. reason why I like that show. Um, another 90s sitcom that uh, I guess, yeah, I'd, I'd call it a sitcom. I didn't watch a ton of, but I loved the girl that was in it. Um, uh, Alex Mack. Oh, was, yes. Uh, played by Larissa Olenek. In real life, she was dating Joseph Gordon Levitt, so she would be on. Third Rock from the Sun every now and then. No shit. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. Was a big fan of Larissa Olenek back in the day. For sure. Oh, dude, good call. Good call. So what was the 
what was the um what was sort of your like tv watching setup your sitcom watching setup at this point in time like what was take me through that so um it's funny because you know the way that tvs are now obviously massively different um like i'm in my basement right now i've got a 65 inch flat screen in my basement right right that that obviously didn't exist when (laughs) when we were kids not unless you were a fucking millionaire (laughs) and had and had a tv the size of an actual like closet yes um so it was you know like a I don't know, 28 inch TV in the family room was where I watched all TV. And I had to hope that like one of my parents and my brother didn't want to watch something so that I could. And if they <laughs> right. did want to watch something, I'd go watch it on like the 18 inch TV in the kitchen where like I'd have the volume on the, the family rooms right next to that. They'd have the volume on. You could, you know, it would like compete for volume, like right. just a disaster <laughs> of a situation. Right. Like, thank God it's, I'm not like that now. Um, but yeah, it was not the best setup. I mean, but you know what? It's all I knew. So it worked. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Dude, I I distinctly remember like in our, I guess it was, our, it was like our second house. Like, but the first house that I remember at all um, had that same, like like a 26 inch TV was the family room TV. And like, I, I like everyone else was like seated. I'm nearsighted too. So this like didn't help anything. I just, but like everyone else is like seated on the couches, like a recliner or whatever. And I'm like lying on the floor as close to the fucking TV as I could get just because of like, it just was like difficult for me to see. I don't, I truly don't know how this, and you will, you'll understand exactly where I'm going, exactly what I mean. I don't know how we watched hockey in the 1990s. Clearly. Oh, it, unwatchable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, before HD unwatchable but i'm glad that you brought that up because i have very good eyesight i still laid on the floor on my stomach like with my head cranked way up there <laughs> yep. watching tv when i could have just sat on a couch or a chair but when you're a kid you're just like yeah whatever um so yeah i did the exact same thing when i was a kid if i laid down on the floor for 30 minutes now like y- someone's gonna have to help me get up yes it just doesn't work yeah. anymore 100 percent. no way i could do it so what was your so what was your favorite part of the of the genre from this era? Like what was like what really stands out to you as being like your favorite it, any could be literally any aspect of the sitcom. Like what what really stands out to you? I mean, I think that when I look at sitcoms like back then and maybe it's still kind of like this now, especially if you're a kid, but like I felt like it was easy to get lost in that world. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you could kind of picture yourself you felt like you were fully immersed in that world. Mm-hmm. And I, I maybe it's just because you're a kid or I don't know, maybe they were just made different back then where they um, they kind of brought in the viewer more. Um, but I feel like you really could just kind of get lost into whatever you were watching back then, especially if we're talking like the TGIF type stuff. Now, later on, you know, it, when we're talking all 90s sitcoms, Later on, when you start talking Seinfeld and Friends and some of that, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But, you know, early on, it was easy to get lost in those. And and I like that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I completely agree with you. And I think I think a big part of that is just that they were, there really wasn't a lot else to grab your attention. Like, so like in your case, like you're not you know, like a video game person. So like you wouldn't have been necessarily interested in it in any way. Um, but like, think about it now, how often do you look at your phone or something while you're like watching TV? Yeah. You oh, all the time. Yeah. Like, and actually that's really kind of how I chart how good a show is. If I don't check my phone for 
you know, if, if, whether it's a half hour or an hour show, if I don't check my phone during an episode, I'm like, okay, this is a good show. Like, clearly, yeah. I'm, I, I have no interest in, like, distracting myself. But, like, obviously, we just didn't have any distractions like that other than unless someone was, like, unless someone was literally calling your house phone landline. Like, there wasn't anything to distract you. So I think it was just, it was easier even to get lost in those shows as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I understand that completely. I think that you're spot on there. Um, there was no distractions back then. If you were watching a show, you were just watching a show. That was it. There was nothing else to do. Other Does, than maybe read Sports Illustrated magazine. Right. right. Uh, Sports Illustrated for kids uh, I started with and then moved oh, up yeah. to Sports Illustrated. Uh, does I, so you you kind of mentioned that like Dominic doesn't sit and like watch anything. Does he like is he like on his phone for like chunks of time? Just you know like five minutes here, five minutes there. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think every kid is you know into the phone, and I got two little ones, and they were into the tablets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't really watch TV either. I mean, if anything, if if they're watching TV, they're watching something that we're playing on YouTube on our TV. Yeah. Not an actual TV show, right? Right. Um, Dominic will watch like movies on Netflix and stuff like that, but I don't know if there's really any TV show that that he watches. God, that's so interesting. I, I just like I, I I really am so very curious. Um, I'm really curious about like what I mean. TV in general looks like in about a decade when we have like oh, when we have like multiple you know two basically two generations that have like grown up with social media is like their main sort of form of entertainment. Like, I'm just really curious yeah. what TV looks like. Um, I mean, we're, we're, we're I'll tell you 50s. personally, you know, I've got YouTube TV. The only reason I even have that is for sports. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for sports, I don't think I'd have any kind of, you know, cable type television at all. There you go, dude. I I'm telling you times are changing. Times are changing. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. How about, th- how about this? Um, see if you stick with me on this one. So like, I think, I think sitcom variety and diversity was a little bit better. And I don't mean like, I don't mean like racial diversity. Um, if anything, it's obviously gotten better over time where we have multiple shows with like black and Latin casts and, you know, Asian casts or whatever. But um, thinking about like the, just like the different types of shows and a lot that I don't think would get, would get made today. You mentioned dinosaurs. There's mm-hmm. no way that show gets made today. There's, I don't think there's any way weird science gets made today. It's not like, it's not like the original weird oh. science movie was like, I mean, it was a pretty big hit, but it's not like it was some generation defining movie like um, fast times or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think weird science gets made today. I don't think third rock from the sun gets made today. Um, you're, 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 you're watch sports night. You know what? So, I know of Sports Night, and I feel like I've seen it before. I wish Sports Night had came out when I was older, yeah, and I could have appreciated it because when it came out, I was just too young, and I wasn't I wasn't the target audience by any means. Right, right. It was an Aaron Sorkin show. Um, it was like Josh Charles, Felicity Huffman, forgetting someone else. You know, it was like a following around like an ESP, a Sports Center type of show. Um, it was definitely probably five to six years ahead of its time, and definitely yeah. five to six years ahead of like me being able to enjoy it. I just don't think that that kind of show gets made. No, I don't think any of those shows get made today. I think, I think if you and I were to come to, even if we were pretty established writers, and we came to a network with a concept like Seinfeld, where really, truly, there isn't any particular narrative that like binds any one episode together, 
I'm pretty sure that show wouldn't get made today. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I think I think it's it's tough to say because I think Seinfeld opened the door for many shows like it, right? Yeah, well, and I think now the way that, you know, we talk about TV is just different. If you came to, to a network and said, hey, you know, spend millions and millions of dollars on the show, what's it about? Well, it's a show about nothing. Um, yeah, it, without... I don't think that I think you're you're accurate. That probably doesn't happen today. Yeah, it's just uh, the the landscape was so different. And they were willing to take, um, you know, even if even if it was like a property that did exist, like I mentioned, like Weird Science wasn't like again not like a huge hit necessarily as a movie. Um, they did a. Do you remember they did a a spinoff of Look Who's Talking as a show? No, called I Baby do not Talk. That. Yeah, don't worry, it was only on for like ten episodes, but like they tried it. You know what I mean? Like, it, I, I just don't think that they would do something like that. I mean, we had some, like, they, they did try, like, the Caveman uh, show that spun off, like, the, ca- you know, the Geico Nick Caveman. Nick Kroll was in the Caveman show. Yes, yes, he was. Nick Kroll, and wasn't someone else that was pretty big, too, that's now pretty big? I feel like I'm, we're forgetting a name in there, but I know Nick Kroll for sure. But I, I just don't think they, I don't think they're, especially the way that they are with stuff having an established audience, there is just no way any of these shows get made today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I don't know. This is just a very open question here. And I'm sure this kind of depends on your age as well. Like if we were to talk to people older than us, they would probably have a different answer here. But are the 1990s the golden age of the sitcom? All right. So when you look at the 90s, you had TGIF and you had Seinfeld and Friends started, um, you know, Everyone Loves Raymond was a 90s show. Um, Martin, which is huge back in the mm-hmm. day, right? Roseanne, like the Wonder Years. I mean, there was a lot back then. However, to answer your question, was 90s the golden age of the sitcom? No. I think the answer was um, it was the 80s. The 80s mm-hmm. was when it came to sitcoms. I mean, Cosby Show. Cheers, Family Ties, Golden Girls, Who's the Boss, um, Growing Growing Pains, pains, yeah. You know, Facts of Life, Alf, um, you know, Night Court. I mean, Piggle, the 80s had some absolute bangers. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. I got to go 80s. And you know what? Even though a lot of those, I didn't watch nearly as much as I did, you know, in the 90s, but... I think if we're looking at um, which one had more more longevity, I think it's the eighties. I, you know, you, I mean, you make a very good argument, and you could you could probably make the argument that the eighties sitcom era stretches through about nineteen ninety five, like really yeah. and truly. The, like those sitcoms that I mean, there's a bunch that start in the late eighties that trail all the way through the mid nineties, and you could make the argument that the era of the sitcom really is like ni- nineteen eighty through. 1995 you could make that argument and i think yeah. it would, i think it's a very compelling argument i don't think you're wrong at all um i i'll i'll just for just for argument's sake just play a little devil devil's advocate here i i'll i'll say that the 1990s is the golden age of the sitcom because as i mentioned like there's just there's so many types of shows there's so many varieties of shows and really most of which really have like a, a, a really high quality um, they weren't as watered down as you would expect considering how many there were and really like the immense amount of talent on each show is absurd. 
when you go back and mm-hmm. look at some of the cast from the 90s, uh, 90s sitcoms, um, there it's absurd. And I feel like I feel like more so than some shows from the 80s. And this is probably this is also this. I, I have some examples of this. Um, like I feel like the 90s shows are a little bit more quotable and a little bit more rewatchable simply because of some of the stuff like in 80s sitcoms that like as you're watching them, you're kind of like, ooh, that would not fly today. There's just there's no way that wouldn't like I rewatched Cheers entirely uh, last year. And how many times I'm like, man, Sam Malone is a real bastard. Um, like yeah. he's a real. Ba- I mean, still love the show. Still still one of my all time favorites. Cheers is way up there. I'm just sort of like, yeah, there's a lot here that like I guarantee you um, I, I, I'm, I'm using this term very jokingly. There's a lot here that the that the woke mafia would be really pissed <laughs> off about. Are you part of the woke crowd, Pagel? I'm woke, man. I am just so woke. Get woke, go broke. But I mean, but I mean, seriously, yeah. just like there are things that like are just sort of like out of fashion now, if you will. Also, here's one thing that I do appreciate in the 80s versus the 90s sitcoms. I think the 90s sitcoms was when they fully decided like, hey, the female star of the show needs to be some kind of hot smoke show, which I got to tell you, I really appreciate it because, you know, that's when I was 12, 13, 14, 15 yep. years old, like going through those really appreciate that. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I think it really was kind of like um, the, it really was like, if there was like a really hot chick on that made an appearance on cheers, it was always as a guest appearance. It was never like, not that Kirstie Alley wasn't hot back then. Cause she was for sure. But like, she was didn't you know she just wasn't she didn't she wasn't made up the same way as you know fill in your guest star or whatever who was basically not wearing clothing for like an entire episode and they you're right they're finally like well what if we just made the main women hot too that would be a good idea too yeah and i mean you know we're talking um and this this may be a, a whole different conversation here but um especially when we look at like TGIF that had Topanga from Boy Meets World and then um, Stephanie Tanner from Full House. We already talked about the girl from Step by Step. Like we were that same age, right? Mm-hmm. And we were, you know, kind of that those early teenage years. And I mean, that was for sure part of the attraction of those shows. Oh, 100%. And and the, the shows like didn't. Yeah, I mean Kelly Kapowski. Come on. Those shows didn't do anything to discourage us. As, t- as horny teenagers either they yeah. you know the writers were just kind of like <laughs> you know the writers were like yeah you know my son is like watching this for this reason so let's make sure we have kelly kapowski bend over a little bit too far in front of the yeah. camera on this scene yeah absolutely hey put her in a baseline cheerleader outfit for this one why <laughs> does that make sense doesn't matter just put her in <laughs> so all right so as tv's evolved over the years do you think that there are elements of there are certain elements from sitcoms that have disappeared. There probably are, but I think that everything's adapted just because we consume television so much differently. now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think now it's so much of, you know, back then you just watched it on TV. Now you hear about some stuff because you see some 15 second clip on social media. Yeah. So you've got to have those like quick hit kind of things in order to draw people into the show. Mm-hmm. I, 
I know I mentioned um, in a previous episode when Chem and I were talking about Schitt's Creek, how it's almost, if this had to be on purpose, that there's always, there's like a scene in almost every episode where one of the main characters, you know, be it, um, you know, be it Alexis, um, you know, makes a face and like they hold on her face for like a couple of seconds. And a week later, that's a gif. That's a meme. It's ready to go. Like, it seems like TV, not it seems, they are, they are more aware of how to make themselves um, accessible for TikTok, accessible for Instagram or whatever else, because they know that they can't rely solely on, on drawing an audience just via, you know, the traditional ways that they would previously. Yeah, I, you know, I do wonder um, how much of that they, they're trying to do and how much of that just kind of happens. Like, for instance... I bet most guys that I know have sent out a tech, like a meme at some point of the Johnny drama victory from entourage. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah. Something happens. You're like, Hey, we've got, you know, plans. We're going here. Or, you know, Hey, the Browns won or whatever. And it's victory. I don't know if that one is intentional, no. but I think there are a ton of shows that yes, they're doing that kind of thing intentionally. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think, I mean, I think, you know, and I think that those sort of like the Johnny drama meme, like those things are that that persisted now for gosh, that's like, that's, that meme is now what? 18 years old, 19 years old. Um, yeah. Gotta be pretty close to that. Yep. Jesus Christ. Um, fuck. Um, but the reason why that one persists is because it wasn't made up with the idea that like, it's going to be a thing beyond this show. Right. And why yeah. and where I think like shows now for sure are building in those moments, hoping that one of them catches on. And and, and some of them do, to be sure. Like some of them definitely do. Uh, again, thinking of Shits Creek, like the um oh god, the face that Dan Levy always makes whenever like he doesn't like something. It's like this kind of just like the sour puss face or whatever that has kind of persisted since the show went off the air. But yeah, like I think the the more organic ones I think for sure, studios have learned from the organic ones that, like, well, we got to try to get one of these moments in one of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So, um, oh, you know what? Don't judge me for this, though. Uh, I've actually never seen Shit's Creek. It's, um... How should I explain? I mean, I, I liked it. It's really, really good. Um, it, it is a show that gets funnier and funnier. Like, it once the foundation gets built, it gets funnier and funnier. That's, that's how I'll describe it. Because like yeah, the, okay. I, even I wasn't like really captured by the first couple of episodes, but like once once the characters feel like a little bit more lived in, then it just then it really like piles on and gets funnier and funnier. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, you know what? I know a lot of people that have watched it, and everyone seems to like it. Um, but yeah, so I need to check it out at some point. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's it's worth your time for sure. Um. So here's okay. So here's an obvious one. Um. In sitcoms now. The laugh track is not anywhere near as common. I mean, uh, yeah, and thank God. You know what? I've actually got this written down here as, as okay. fun things that, to talk about. Okay. Um, the laugh track is just awful. I I really I never realized how much I. It's not like that it bothers me, but I I kind of feel like there are moments in like when I was watching Seinfeld, um, more recently where I'm like, I I didn't like I. I didn't need to be cued for Kramer coming in. Like, you know, like the, the laugh track hangs for like an extra like four or five seconds while it kind of stands there. And I'm just like, this scene is, this scene is funny without a laugh track. Like we just don't need it. Um, and I think 
I think it is for the better that we just don't have we don't have that permeating every single sitcom. It's still there in a few for sure, which does actually surprise me. But, um, but like, I'm kind of glad that we've done away with that. And we just, we just let the, let the scene play out without being told to laugh. It just seems insanely fake, right? It's the exact same laughing style every single time, right? It's just, it's just brutally fake and overdone and, Oh yeah, I'm glad to glad to be done with it for sure. Yeah, done with a laugh track and uh, kind of this is something that I would I don't want to say that this is sort of no nah, I I mean again it's a thing that's still there in some sitcoms but I feel like there are far fewer really broad comedy characters like there is no Steve Urkel on a show right now someone that is yeah. so fucking nerdy like. That like as they walk around, they they practically sweat fucking nerd out of their body. There's yeah. there's no speaking of Seinfeld. There's no Newman or Kramer like really wildly eccentric character on TV. Um, the uh, god damn it, um, Fran Drescher's character from the nanny, Fran Fine. Oh yeah, like way way over the top Jewish New York woman, like posh woman or whatever. Like, these really broad characters just don't exist anymore. And in general, I definitely think that's for the better. Um, I just, again, it's like one of those things, like, I don't need to be told that a character is funny just because, like, he's wearing, like, suspenders and his pants are hiked up to his fucking kneecaps. Like, mm-hmm. like I get it. The writing is funny. He says funny things. He's funny. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, you know, starting to think about it. Like, if you think of the last 15 years, right, when, when we were growing up, we talked about 80s sitcoms, 90s sitcoms, and, you know, into the 2000s, there were some good ones. But yeah. if we look at the last, like, I don't know, maybe like 15 years, like, what, you've got How I Met Your Mother and Big Bang Theory, but, like, what other, like, huge bangers are really even out there? Everyone loves The Office, and I don't yeah. dislike it, but I also think that's, like, when people, like, think The Office is the greatest show of all time, I'm like, I think this is NBC's third or fourth best show let alone the greatest yeah. sitcom of all time. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're just, I, I think, I think that's a big part of it. We just, we just don't have the same kind of, we don't have the same kind of like cultural. Um, there isn't another cultural force like Seinfeld since Seinfeld yeah. went off the air. The same thing with friends since friends went off the air. There just isn't, you know, like I'm sure the big bang, the, uh, the big bang theories finale had like a pretty big audience. I'm sure it wasn't like, didn't Seinfeld's audience like 60 million people watch it, the finale or something? Yeah, it was huge. No one, 60 million people didn't watch the Big Bang Theory's finale. I can tell you that. Right. Um, right. Uh, same with the same with the Office. I'm sure it garnered probably half that. And which well, still and the Office huge. had really kind of fallen off by the time. Yeah, it did. It ended right. Yeah, I think like Big Big Bang Theory was still huge at that time, um, and How I Met Your Mother was all. You know, that last season was like, oh, we find out who the mother is and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I feel like by the time The Office ended, most of the people were like, a lot of the big people were gone. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, And even The Office, like when you think about like the care, like because there are a lot of eccentric characters in The Office, right? Even even like Dwight compared to Kramer or even compared to Newman is much more of a straight laced character than either of them. And I just I I really do think that is. I, I just think it's it is just something that is probably a little bit more reflective of our appetites now. We just we just don't need characters that are that fucking broad. Yeah. 
So let's... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Let's shift into it then. Let's talk about sitcoms now and how we kind of view them and our relationship with them now. So we already kind of teased this, so you don't have to get too far into this, but our TV habits are obviously very different, um, you know, in terms of like how, how we watch, when we watch, whatever. But is the sitcom still a big part of your TV diet now? Okay, so if I look at my top five shows of all time, okay, mm-hmm. for me personally, and, and you know what, people can agree or disagree, whatever. You can my add him. You can add five, him. Yeah, you can add me. Um, I'm looking at, in no particular order, Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Entourage, maybe like Ozark. Okay. You know, you can maybe argue that Entourage is a sitcom. It's a dramedy. Yeah, it's a drama sitcom. You know? Um, but yeah, it's not in there. The uh, There's only one sitcom that I've watched in the last five years. No shit. It is fucking amazing. It's Letterkenny. Yep. Yep. Letter, Letterkenny is an all-timer as well. Um, it's an all Yeah, it, it's... That's the thing that I've noticed too. So, like, I really have shifted more, like you, more to enjoying dramas. Um, and more enjoying the hour-long shows, even if they aren't, like, even if they aren't hardcore dramas, give me the hour-long, um, the hour-long show, the hour-long sci-fi, whatever it is. I've, I've shifted more towards that as I've gotten older. Um, but I think what I have noticed is that my sitcom, my sitcom diet is actually going back and watching things that I missed previously. So, like... I, oh, you know, yeah. I did watch, you know, like I did watch Cheers when I was younger, but like not really because, it, you know, Cheers like Cheers started before I was born, um, actually. But so I, you know, so I wasn't really like old enough to really enjoy the run of Cheers. It was, you know, a couple years ago I went back and watched it all. And like that's really how I've caught up with um, be it like an old show like Cheers or something like that or something that like just wasn't in America. That's like I went back and I've seen so many British sitcoms in the past couple of years, simply because like they're available now. Um, yeah. Canadian, Canadian sitcoms as well that I hadn't seen before. Just they're available now. And so like, that's so really it's funny that you mentioned cheers Yeah, because um, maybe a year ago, I was like, I want to watch cheers. You know, I'd seen episodes here and there, but like, I wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. And so I started watching cheers. I've, I've probably gotten through probably like the first two to three seasons, mm-hmm. but there's like 10 seasons and the seasons are like 30 20, episodes. Yes. Yeah, 24 episodes each. It's insane. So it's impossible to dude. I, so during the pandemic, um, and by the way, I love, I love when someone brings it up and they kind of like, they kind of like, do you remember in 2020? I'm like, yes, I remember everything that happened in 2020 very explicitly because there was nothing to do, but remember what's happening right now. Um, but during the pandemic, since we had so much fucking time, I watched all of, I watched all of Star Trek, the next generation and Star Trek Voyager, like back to back because there's no new TV, nothing else to do. Dude, seven seasons of hour long TV with 25 episodes per season. I mean, that's insane that we used to make TV shows like that, that a primetime hour long drama got 25 episodes. It's half a year. It was that, That's two-thirds of a movie right there. Yeah. It's insane. And you're doing... I mean, it's two-thirds of a movie every week. Mm-hmm. For how, you know, for how long? Yeah, that's insane. Um, I've, I've never seen Star Trek. I was never a Star Trek guy. I'm also not really a Star Wars guy. 
I don't know. The, the science fiction doesn't do it for me. I'm a, I think I'm a comedy and drama kind of guy. I got and you. War I got movies. You. I've gotten real into war movies. Did you get into war movies? Yeah. I should just, um, when you were talking about you're going back and watching old stuff, uh, I just watched Band of Brothers for the first time. Dude, Band of Brothers Phenomenal. is so good. Phenomenal. So good. That was that became in college. I haven't done it recently. In college, every Memorial Day weekend, we would watch all of Band of Brothers and get yeah. super hammered, just like they intended for us to do when they won World <laughs> War II. Yeah, yeah. Me and my freedom were just out there celebrating, <laughs> watching Band of Brothers. Captain Winters would be so proud of me. Yes. But, but yeah, um, uh, terrific show. But yeah, I just think that it's totally different now. Like I don't, whatever the top sitcom is right now, I couldn't tell you. I like someone's like, what's the top five sitcoms right now? No idea. It's couldn't tell you. It's probably, I, I bet the top sitcom right now is probably Abbott elementary. And it's, I, I've seen a couple episodes. It's totally charming. Uh, the main, the main, uh, the main chick. Um, uh, gosh, I can't remember her name right off the top of my head right now. Um, she's very funny, very charming. I just don't care. Like it's yeah. just, it, it's just like I just don't care about that show. And actually, I'll get into why in a little bit. But I, I do watch some new ones. Like as you mentioned, Letterkenny is like right at the top of the list. Um, it, have you ever seen Pen Fifteen? No. You should but watch Pen Fifteen. Hysterical. Hysterical title. Yes, and it's it. That's exactly what I mean. I mean, it's it's a show. It's actually a show about the '90s, growing up in the '90s, um, with the with these two um, the two main characters are these two. The concept is hysterical because it's the two main characters. These two actors, Maya Eskrin and um, oh fuck, I can't remember the tall chick's name, but they're so they're like our age, approximately maybe a couple years younger than us, and they play themselves as like fourteen year olds. In the 1990s, and like, but everyone else around them is an actual kid, so like they're like adults playing 14 year olds with a bunch of like 13 and 14 year old actors, and yeah. dude, it's fucking hysterical. This show is like off the chain funny. Um, it's one of those. It, it is one of those ones where you're just gonna be like, I yes, I absolutely remember getting on AOL Instant Messenger and talking with people until like one o'clock in the morning, like that kind oh, of stuff. Oh yeah, very Rob funny. Man Nine was all over it. it yep. <laughs> That was my actual uh, <laughs> AOL handle was Rob Man Nine. Very creative too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I was a real thinker back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just looked up top twenty-five shows of like total viewers of this past year. Um, there's only one sitcom in the top twenty-five. That's about right, and yeah. it's Young Sheldon. That's also probably about right. But Which... other than that. Uh, yeah, none of it. Not so, I'm not, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked by that, but I would, so Rob, for you, I would highly recommend pen 15. It's really funny. Um, if you haven't seen what we do in the shadows, it's hysterical. Um, and so is, I, I actually, my sort of mainstream one that I like is only because I watched the British version first is a show called ghosts on CBS and okay. it's based off a British show and it's the American one is funny in its own right. The British one has, it it has that dark British humor that is like really hard to describe. Like it, it they they will make the dead Nazi joke. They will make the dead like person hanging themselves joke. They'll go for like the darkest joke possible in that show. And yeah, I love it. it's great. 
I love that you said, hey, I only watch this because I watched the British show first. That's the equivalent of saying, like, well, the movie was okay, but have you read the book? Because the book is so much better. I hate when people do that, too. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, then don't watch the movie, just read the books. It's it, yeah. the, the experience will the the experience of the movie will inevitably let you down because the book, you can make it up in your head. And yeah. they can't do that with when they're making a movie. Sorry. Also, you know what's better than reading a book? Watching a movie. Damn so, right. There's that. That's how I got through high school English, watching all those adaptations of, of uh, Dickens classics. <laughs> all right. So, what do you? What are some things that you think have changed in the sitcom sitcom genre for the better? Um, we talked about the laugh track, and I feel like the laugh track is gone. That was actually yeah. my main thing. Was I'm glad that we got rid of that. Um, and I'm. You know, it's not in front of a studio audience anymore, mm. which goes hand in hand with the laugh track, right? Um, that's better because that way you can do stuff like on location kind of thing and uh, and all that a little bit better. Um, but also, I think that, you know, when it was in front of a studio audience, you couldn't really do like CGI stuff, which yeah. every show, even sitcoms now, have plenty of CGI. Oh, for sure. The, like... I love when I see like making like the makings of things like um, I like I watched like after Shit's Creek wrapped up wrapped up. They had like an hour long like retrospective on Netflix or whatever. And I was watching it and like they're showing some behind the scenes stuff when they're filming in quote unquote in the hotel. And like the outside is CGI. Like it's a studio yeah. set and the outside is CGI. And I'm just like, God, that's fucking nuts that like this low this essentially low budget Canadian sitcom has CGI in the background. Mm hmm. Well, no, I mean, it's probably cheap enough that right. it's probably oh, a lot sure it cheaper is. than flying, you know, everyone somewhere or right. shooting on location somewhere, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. So the, the laugh track. How about this? Since you mentioned it, since you mentioned Entourage, that was probably one of our first legitimate, like what you would really describe as a dramedy, as a drama sitcom. And yeah. like, I actually really like that we have more and more drama sitcoms now. Like Ted Lasso, Fleabag. Um, I don't know if you've seen Kevin Can Fuck Himself. It's actually no. pretty funny. It's um, it's really experimental and it might throw you way off because it's it is half sitcom. Like it's basically if I had to describe it, it's everybody loves Raymond meets Breaking Bad, and mm. one half of the show is literally shot and filmed like a multicam sitcom, and the other half is like a single cam drama. Which is kind of weird, but um, um, but I, but I am I do like that we have more shows like that. That yeah. we are still gonna we are gonna go for we're gonna go for the humor, but we are gonna kind of ground it in some serious topics. And I think yeah. that that really is. I think that that's that's one of the ways that we kind of kept the sitcom alive is by kind of changing what our concept of the sitcom actually is. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree. I mean, you know what? It, over time, everything is gonna change, right? Um, everything evolves and everything changes and people's tastes change and all that. And I don't know that people are looking for, you know, an everyone loves Raymond type anymore where it's, uh, Hey, you know, this is standard American family and, mm -hmm. um, and that kind of thing. People want different stuff now. And I think that TV has evolved with that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and we can thank Entourage, uh, in part. Yes. <laughs> Which by the way, I watched a couple episodes. I, I rewatched all of Entourage 
when COVID first happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing. And then the other night I'm flipping through, I can't find anything on TV and then I'm flipping through different streaming stuff and somehow just settled on, I'm going to watch two episodes of Entourage. God, when that show was good, it was so yes, good. Yes. Yes. It, the, I, I will tell you that's, that is a show that when, when it really felt like, when it really felt like the writing was locked in, it was it, it, outstanding. There's a reason why it got nominated and won Emmys. Like, there's a very good reason. But it also felt like when you could almost tell when the writing, when the writing staff was like, I don't know, fucking have Vin fuck someone in the back of a car and then Turtle finds him and shit works out okay for everybody. Like, yeah. there are literally episodes like that and I'm like, oh, wow, you guys just mailed this one straight in. Yeah, I mean, it, it fell off pretty hard. Um, but you know what? Every... I feel like there's a shelf life to every show, right? And after you get past like four seasons or so, um, it gets pretty hard to keep that going, which is why it's amazing that you look at some of these shows. I mean, the Simpsons has been going on for almost our entire lives. I feel (laughs) it's, it has literally been on for like 32 seasons. Yeah. Um, you know, and cheers was, you know, lasted forever. And some of these ones and you're like, man, how difficult that must've been to, to have it go that long. It's it, it must have been difficult. And you can you know what? I, I feel like I, I, I do like I am actually in favor of, of shows having more episodes, but not like by a lot. Like I think depending on like the format of the show, I think like eight is not enough. But when you start to get to like sixteen, we're getting to too many. I think like twelve yeah. is a good number. And like that gives you time for like you can tell whatever the main narrative of your story of your of the show is you can tell that overarching story and still have episodes to like build character, um, which is like when a, on a sitcom that has like twenty five episodes per season, you, you literally have like ha- you can like build character for half of the season with just episodes that mean kind of I shouldn't say mean nothing, but like don't have like any tie into a bigger into any like bigger storyline right like if it's cheers we can do episodes that have nothing to do with sam and diane right like yeah um so i think that like i am in favor of cutting things down but i think there's like kind of a limit before you get to a point where like you like your show is almost only story and only plot and like there's no room for like to find out like what these characters are about because like there's no room for it at all there's you just have like seven hours there's such a fine line between, yeah, making sure that you develop everything enough and then going on to the point where you're like, okay, this can, this can kind of stop here. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, some shows figure that out and obviously some don't. I would, I would always rather show end early than end late. Cause it just, you're right. Like Entourage kind of got meh at the end. Um, a lot of people will tell you the office really sucked dick the last like couple seasons. Yeah. Um, probably- yeah. But I think the office sucked because everyone left. I think yeah. if you still had, you know, Steve Carell there and, you know, and Jim's still a character and that kind of thing, I think it still probably would be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably, probably. You probably should have ended Game of Thrones a year ahead of schedule, more than yeah. likely. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. So mm-hmm. why do you think, you know, sitcoms are still fairly popular? As you mentioned, like, they're definitely not occupying the top spots in TV and, you know, the TV charts like they used to be, but they're still making them right. Like, I mean, they're still pumping them out. So why do you think sitcoms have remained popular enough for studios to just continue to make them? Um, 
I think that, you know, kind of goes back to what I said at the very beginning, right? Like people just want to, they want to get lost in something for, for half an hour or an hour or whatever it is. Um, they want to be entertained. They want something funny. They want something that's going to make them feel good. I mean, I think that's what it's all about, right? Like, um, if you had a choice, you know, you come home and from a day at work or whatever, and you got a choice of, Hey, you can watch a horror movie or you can watch something that, you know, will make you laugh and Mm -hmm. be entertained and that kind of thing. Like I think most people are taking that second one. And I think that's why sitcoms will probably always be around as long as TV is around. I think you're right. And I, I just, I, I, that was the, that's exactly where I went to. So I'll just piggyback right off those good points that it's, it's like a 30 minute, 30 minute mental break is really like what a lot of sitcoms are. Um, you know, especially if they aren't treading into waters that are like real heavy, it's just 30 minutes where you can take your d- damn mind off of things and just laugh mm-hmm. at a few things and not, not worry about too much. Um, and I, th- and I think that's partially why I know some networks have tried like the half hour, the half hour drama. Um, like there've been a couple of attempts at it. I think that's why that hasn't really caught on because you're talking about like when it comes to a drama with something that's going to have a little bit more story, well, I need more time then. But if if you're just trying to set up like a couple of jokes, some sight gags and some funny things, you don't really need that long to do it. So I yeah. I think that's why this form this format will all like you said, it'll continue as long as TV continues, you know, in, in whatever form it takes going forward and why some other attempts at other kind of 30-minute sort of um me, you know, 30-minute entertain entertainment mediums haven't quite caught on because they're just not they're not offering the same kind of break that a sitcom is offering. I also think they're probably a lot cheaper to produce than a lot of the other genres. Oh, for there. sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like so, a, a single episode of like a, an hour-long drama is way retardedly expensive. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, it, a lot of that depends on, hey, when if we can just pump these things out and they're, um, you know, they can make some money and they're not too expensive and all that, well, then that probably makes some sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... If you had to pinpoint one aspect of the sitcom that has persisted from your childhood to now, something very recognizable, what would it be? Um, I think that sitcoms generally are just light shows, right? You're not getting into like super, for the most part, like, you know, uh, and you're not really getting into like super heavy stuff. It's light. It's an easy 30 minutes of watching now it has ex- its exceptions, right? I still remember Fresh Prince, the episode where they ended where Carlton got a gun. Yeah, um, and yeah. that was like the only time I feel like they ever ended a show not on like some goofy cheesy laugh. You know? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, there's there's still a few of those out there, but for the most part, it's just a hey, I can watch this. It's you know, it's light, it's easy. I don't really you know have to think too much or any of that. And I think that people like that. And I think mm-hmm. that that's something that will always be part of the sitcom. I 100% agree with you. And I'm actually really glad that you brought up um, that episode of Fresh Prince. Because I think, I do think that, you know, Fresh Prince, um, Family Matters, even even Martin to some degree, had, had a different sort of, um, besides just being sitcoms, they for sure had a different sort of mission in mind with those shows to tell different experiences of of African Americans at this point in time in American culture, right? Like yeah. there was like for sure 
there for sure were, were like very significant social messages that the writers were trying to get across. Like it wasn't, it wasn't in the, in the same kind of vacuum that some of the predominantly white shows just, you know, they, you know, cheers doesn't have to teach too many social messages. Frasier yeah. doesn't have to teach too many social messages. Um, and it's not that like family matters or fresh Prince had to, but I do think it was kind of important that they did. Um, like yeah. I, I'm remembering, I, I very specifically remember the one, uh, family members episode where, um, where, what the hell was Carl's son's name? Eddie. Eddie. I think gets, I knew where you were going with this. Where Eddie Go gets ahead. pulled over by one of Carl's, by a white cop, by a white Chicago cop. He gets pulled over and frisked and kind of like beat up. And Carl finds out who he is. And like, there's a whole, you know, it's like the whole driving while black conversation yes. happens in this episode. And like, that's, and like, it ends literally with, I, I can't remember if, well, it ends one of, I can't exactly remember the ending. It either ends with um, Carl having the talk with Eddie, like this shit is going to happen to you for the rest of your life, no matter what. And like, that's essentially how the episode ends. Or it ends with Carl like reading this other cop the riot act basically at like a diner. Or something. I think both of those happen. I think he oh, they the both happen. I just don't remember which one happens. He goes home and has the talk with Eddie yeah. about like, hey, listen, unfortunately, this is a reality of the world we live in. You know, it sucks it happened, but it, it may, it's probably going to happen again at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'm. I'm so glad I think you... about that. I I think oh, about okay. the episode of Fresh Prince where uh, his dad shows up and then leaves and. There was the thing about, you know, how come he doesn't want me? Yeah, yeah. And that was like a serious moment there. Um, and then it was it was so badly done that I'm laughing. It's comical. It's a serious topic. But Saved by the Bell where Jesse's on the sleep medication. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so scared. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was a serious topic, but it was just so poorly done. There is... It's really funny because, like, in <laughs> in those, in, like, because, by the way, Save of the Bell was never subtle about anything. Like, they, it's not, like, stuff that they could pull off. But, yeah. but, like, a lot of those, like, shows when they were, like, trying to make points about, like, drugs and stuff, they never just said, like, oh, so-and-so had marijuana or so-and-so was drinking. It was, like, sleeping pills or diet pills or someone is, someone's been, someone's been up and, like, they're, they're drinking all this caffeine. And it's, like... Just say that they're doing fucking drugs. Like, yeah. you don't need to dance around the point with, like, stupid shit. Um, uh, they did have the episode where there was, like, a famous guy um, who was at the school, and then it turned, and he was there for, like, a don't do drugs thing. And it turns out he smoked dope. Yeah. And it was a big <laughs> thing. Um, so they did have one of those where they actually did okay. have, um, yeah, drugs. But for the most part, I agree with you. You're right on that. Oh God, that's dude! I forgot about the sleeping pills one. That's so fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking great. Um, and like, um, I remember Saved by the Bell had one where Zach dates a girl in a wheelchair, and it was basically yeah. like, "Hey, disabled people are are fine," like kind of thing. Like, <laughs> and they're really just teaching lessons to kids at that point, right? Right. Which I get, and hey, that's that's good to do. Um, the Family Matters had one about gang related stuff too. Mm-hmm. That's. Um, and I forget exactly how it was, but they had one in there about gang stuff. Do you remember in, at the end of the first season or maybe it's the second, no, first season where the one daughter goes upstairs and just never returns. Yes. They just write her off the show. (laughs) Um, yeah, I definitely, it's, I can't remember who the daughter's name is. Jamie Foxworthy. What's that? 
Jamie Foxworthy. Is that who it was? I want to say that's who it is. But she's in like every or most of the episodes in the first season, goes upstairs at the end of the first season and then just never returns. Yes. Uh, Jamie Foxworth. That was her name. Okay. Um, okay. And then her life quickly spiraled out of control. Is she is she the one that did like porn and stuff? Yeah. Did porn. Did some porn and then um, had like a, uh, a rampant marijuana addiction, which I find interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just seems kind of weird, but okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really kind of, really kind of spiraled out of control after that. Well, she wasn't watching enough of her own TV show to, to get those anti-drug <laughs> messages. Yes, exactly. But but good call, you know, good good call though on like the lightness. I mean, that's obviously I I think that will always be like our light entertainment. Um, I here's here's something that like I think will always be at the center of it too. That even though the definition of it has changed a little bit, there's always going to be a family unit that's the center of a sitcom. So. You know, whether it's your traditional family, like in Family Matters or something like that, um, or if it's the gang and Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like that's a family, even if they're not yeah. all related to each other. Um, you could, Penny, same deal. Yeah. Right. Only two are related, but, you know, it's basically a family. It's a family. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even that's actually the one thing I love about Letterkenny. It's the, the definition of family stretches to literally the entire cast. If the entire cast feels like they've been aggrieved by someone, like in the in the episodes where Dirk che- uh, Dirk's cheats on Katie, and they all go to fight him, and I'm just yeah. like, yeah, the whole town is now the family. Like, yeah. that's how the, <laughs> that's how they kind of define the family unit. Um, it could be the literally in in Ted Lasso, AFC Richmond, the entire team is like your family unit that you're following around. Um, so I think that like that is that will always kind of be whatever we're defining as the family unit that will always be like the focus of a sitcom. I don't think we're really going to stray too far from that. Yeah. I mean, Entourage, that's a family. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's a great example. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into this, wrap this bad boy up uh, with some top threes here. Um, now we're going to do two lists here. Um, first, we're going to do our top three old sitcoms from any decade you still think are completely watchable right now. And then we're going to go with our top three sitcoms that you want to see revived because goodness gracious, we can't get enough of that right now. So let's, I'll, we'll talk a little bit about that here, but let's, let's go with the first one. Your top three old sitcoms, Nugent from any decade that you still think are completely watchable right now. Um, we just talked about it. You just watched it. I've started watching it. My, my number one is cheers. Yep. I think you can still throw that thing on and it still works. I mean, this is a show in the eighties about a random bar in Boston, which by the way, I've been to, um, and it still works. Yeah. Yeah. I think even with some of the stuff that I said about cheers, not being eminently like sort of, there's a lot of stuff that would definitely piss off like the woke mafia. Um, I still think you could just, you can skip over some of those episodes and they're still really great great episodes of of cheers really all the way up until the end uh quite frankly yeah. it's it's a fantastic show i really enjoyed really enjoyed my rewatch of that show and i mean it launched a lot of careers right mm-hmm. like kirstie alley wasn't super famous when it happened ted Danson, people knew who he was but it definitely put him on the map uh woody harrelson you yep. know early woody harrelson um yeah it, it definitely launched some careers yep kelsey Grammer. um yeah uh yeah and obviously, then we you get to you get to Frasier, and then you get to other careers get launched off of that one. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Cheers is definitely like a, and also like the the it's one of those shows when you go back and look at like the guest stars for just like single episodes sometimes. I mean, it's it's insane. Like you had, um, uh, well, fuck, uh, uh, Kramer is like in an episode. Um, who else is in an episode? Uh, uh, oh, the uh, John Mahoney, the, the dad from Frasier, is in like two episodes, playing two different characters actually. Like, there's just like a bunch of people that pop up in Cheers. It, it launched a ton of careers for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your next one here? Uh, next one's gonna be The Simpsons. I think that, you know, the show has been on forever. Um, it's, I think you can go back and still watch any part of that. And it's still entertaining to watch. It hasn't fallen off. Um, so number two is the Simpsons for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Love it. Completely agree. I will say this though. When was the last time you watched the Simpsons out of curiosity? It's been years. Yeah. Honestly. Um, I feel like I could go back and watch it, but You've also got to keep in mind, like, I got three kids at home. I don't really watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Like, all the stuff that you were mentioning, like, I would love to be able to have more time to, to watch that stuff. But, unfortunately, just not in the cards right now. Just tell them to go entertain themselves. Just, <laughs> listen, just do what I would do. Lock them in a closet. You know, throw an iPad or something in there. They'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> give, them, give them a little bucket if they got to go to the bathroom. They'll be fine. Yeah. Um, what's your What's your third one? Third one, um, we have not talked about this one yet, but I want to bring it up. Uh, Terrific show, hysterical show, and also uh, there was, for a period of time, one of the the main characters was my favorite musician of all time, the late, great Tom Petty. We're, of course, talking about King of the Hill. Oh, nice. Very nice. Very, very nice. I forgot that Tom Petty was in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Petty didn't have a lot of acting credits, but, but like he was in the postman and, uh, he was in King of the Hill and he had a few others here and there. Uh, but yeah, I think King of the Hill was just hysterical. And especially now that I'm like, uh, a middle-aged suburban dad, I feel like I relate to Hank Hill a lot more. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. King of the Hill was, King of the Hill was a lot, was a lot smarter than like maybe we realized at the time. And it, yeah. it feels oh, like, yeah, you, go ahead. You were talking earlier about like jokes that you didn't get, you know, and then you, you watch it later. Like if I watch King of the Hill right now, hundred percent, there's a ton of stuff that I did not understand back in the day yeah. that I get now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, love the selections. Uh, love the selections. I, I'll tell you what, King of the Hill is anything, anything by Mike Judge is way smarter than it has any right to be. Everything he does yes. is, is like Beavis and Butthead is smart, believe it or not. Like it's yeah. commentary is smart. It's very funny. Yeah. I mean, the office was as a guy who's, you know, been in an office job for a long time. A lot of that is just spot on. And Silicon Valley was a terrific show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Good choices. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go with one that's like right down the middle here. Um, very obvious. We've mentioned it a bunch of times. But I could sit down again and start from the beginning and rewatch all of Frasier right now and still be very entertained. And I think something that I, I didn't even like, I never realized before, all of these celebrities that play the callers in the opening segments, mm-hmm. like it is a who's who of people like Tom Hanks calling in, um, George Clooney calling in, like all the people that call in are like a who's who a list. Um, I mean, that part's great, but just the, just that it's that, sh- that show that just sort of, 
made being posh and being like a little bit too a little bit too stuck up very funny it just yeah eminently rewatchable um kelsey Grammer's great um niles is great david hyde pierce is his name he's great i mean john mahoney great jane leaves great perry everyone in that show is fucking good even like some of the bit players are, are they're all fucking good the show is so good top to bottom yeah yeah i'm i'm with you on frazier for sure uh, I'm gonna go a little bit off off the wall here, but I, I gotta give I gotta give some big ups to uh, Rowan Atkinson, and everyone should go back and find whatever they can of Mr. Bean. Uh, are you are you a Mr. Bean fan, or are you familiar? I I don't know if I watched the show, but I I remember watching the movie in theaters mm-hmm. when it came out, which was still around that time. I, I'm pretty sure it was still like ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yes. So Mr. Bean, very funny. Um, I think it's one of those things you've got to understand the style of humor yes. to really get it. Like, yes. you, I don't know if you can go in not knowing anything about Mr. Bean and be like, oh, yeah, this is great. You have to kind of know a little bit of a background of how the style goes and what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you just sat in and watched a random five minutes of Mr. Bean, you'd be like, this is the what dumbest the fuck thing is I've this? ever seen. <laughs> right. Yeah. But if you get it and you understand how it goes, then yeah, it's hysterical. It's it's one of those I, I've watched I've watched them I've watched them episodes. Of re- there's only like only like twelve of them or something like that. There's not a lot, but I've watched them I've watched them recently, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is still fucking hysterical. Like this is still mm-hmm. this is still very funny. You're right. Like if you don't like it, you just you won't like it. But it still cuts through, and I still think it's hysterical. So Mr. Bean's my number yes. two. Um, and then I'll, I'll actually I'll also go with an animated one uh, from the people who made The Simpsons, and it's back now. But you could I Futurama is fantastic. I'm, okay. In fact, I think Futurama has sig- I would say significantly better, but I think Futurama's best episodes in many cases are on par with The Simpsons' best episodes. Like when people yeah. talk about like the you know the I think there's like a Simpsons Christmas episode that like really kind of permeates and is like per- persisted. There's like the Mr. Plow episode. Um, <laughs> I think those, and those are great episodes, but like, I think the best of Futurama's episodes stack right up. And if some cases are even better than those Simpsons episodes, Futurama's fantastic. Here's something that I never really thought about until right now, but we talked a lot about TGIF. Um, Adult Swim was the exact same thing, just animated stuff for adults. Mm-hmm. It was it was TGIF. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. I and it's funny because like I don't know about you, like I'm just a little bit pickier about like my animation. Um, I'm not one of those like I like I understand like why people I understand like why people like stuff like Studio Ghibli and 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 whatever else. I just don't like I'm never gonna watch it. And yeah. so I'm picky about my animation, but like when something animated hits it really hits for me like i really get into it yeah now i will if we're talking about animation i think that family guy is one of the funniest shows that i've ever seen i love family guy i don't know many shows that have made me laugh that hard family guy was one that like um kind of i I will say it's it can be very similar to entourage in some cases when it was really funny it was literally the funniest show when it was at its best and but also when it wasn't at its best, it was very forgettable. Kind of like, oh, you're going for this dick joke again. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's fair for sure. Um. So there you go, Frasier, Mr. Bean, and Futurama for me. 
Um, but let's get to the top three sitcoms we want to see revived. And I we had to talk about this last mm-hmm. because I, it's it almost seems I I think any show that you could mention here would will inevitably be made into something else because that's just how it goes, right? Like if there was even a mild cultural mild pop culture phenomenon or you know some kind of following i mean they they re i guess not remade i guess they continued um quantum leap recently right yeah quantum leap wasn't exactly like a mega busters ratings hit and they remade it or they continued it i guess whatever um so i think it's almost inevitable that whatever's coming up here whatever that we mentioned i would guess that one of these shows is going to be remade um, in the next like five to ten years, do you again before we get to the list here? How do you feel about like this this revival of all these nineties uh, nineties and some eighties sitcoms? Uh, I think most of it is absolute garbage. To be perfectly <laughs> honest with you, yeah. Um, I, I think if you look at you know like they tried to remake that seventies show with was it that nineties show, and I never watched it, but I heard terrible things about it. Um, I feel like. There's no more original ideas. It's all just, hey, this thing works, so let's just reboot it. Uh, and it, it seems a little lazy. Yeah, it's a little bit lazy. It's a little bit... <sighs> Again, like it's these. a lot of these things have like sort of built-in audiences that they know like people are going to watch. Like, Did you know that they, they redid Rugrats a couple of years ago? No, I I was okay not knowing that. <laughs> Which oh. I hated Rugrats anyway. It like I, for whatever reason just like horrified me. Um, but they it's like a three D version now, like or I guess not three. You know what I mean? Like it's not like the flat. You know, like they have dimensions and stuff now. Um, but like you know, like there's a built in audience for it, so of course they're gonna try it. But like yeah, hold on, let me. I got a I got like a list here of like ten recent ones. Um, so Rugrats. Uh, there is a Saved by the Bell revival that I never watched. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love Saved by the Bell, never watched a single episode of that. Don't care. Don't care. Uh, there is a Party of Five revival. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Hold on. Now, we talked about earlier, I mentioned Lacey Chabert. I'm sorry. I mentioned Larissa Olenek, my all-time celebrity crush from Party of Five. Lacey Chabert. Absolutely. 100% agree with you there. Lacey Chabert is just now, knockout. Also, Jennifer Love Hewitt was in that one. I mean, you had two. Knockout. Of, yeah. Two of the, the girls that, like, every teenage boy in the late 90s wanted. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Uh, they obviously, Will and Grace, one that I think it's, I think it's still going. Um, obviously, the, we, we've already seen, like, Fuller House has already, like, been rebooted and ended, I believe. Um, Murphy Brown rebooted and ended, uh, Girl Meets World, the Boy Meets World spinoff. Um, didn't, I didn't bother. Um, there's, and just like that, Sex in the City, The Connors, um, you know, Roseanne, uh, Bel Air. I mean, there's more, there's just so many more. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just, I get it on the one hand, I get it. And in some cases you could, you could almost convince me to watch Girl Meets World almost. Um, but I just I, I sit here and I go, who is really screaming for who is really screaming for the Party of Five reboot? <laughs> uh, the answer is no one. No one. I, I it just it just and it's like it and it definitely is like a very um, again just jokingly using this term. It is a very woke uh, 
version of the Party of Five show, where like the the like the parents get like deported to Mexico or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. you know, like I get it. You have these properties, but Jesus Christ, like I don't. You're right. I think they're generally all trash. Um, there's only been a couple that. There's only been a couple that I've even bothered to like give any amount of time to, and it's even then it's not like I'm like, man, you have to check out Bel Air. My God, it's <laughs> it's so fucking good. No, it's it just was like a serious show, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's the gritty version of of Fresh Prince. Yeah, not something I needed. It's fine. I mean, it's totally fine. No. But like, if you don't want to watch it, you're not missing anything. Um, but, so, so, yeah, I'm excited for, for my list here because these go are ahead. three that we have not mentioned. All right, perfect. Go ahead. So, um, number one, something I want to see come back. Dumb show, but, God, it was funny. Workaholics. Love Workaholics. Um, Just hysterical. Now, I will say the main guy from Workaholics, he's in a lot of stuff now, right? Adam he's Devine, yeah. perfect. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I worry because he's a little bit over the top as an actor now. Yes. I think he, he kind of found his niche and then just like really went for it. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. a little too like, eh, okay, just calm it down a little bit. Yeah. He's, he very much is, he very much is that character. Like he's in the same, I, I'm not like the biggest Ryan Reynolds fan anyway. And Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool now, like all the time. He just yeah. walks and talks like he's Deadpool all the time now. And I'm just like, I'm, that's what Adam Devine does. Adam Devine is his character from Workaholics now. Yeah, so it, it would if you could figure out a way to do it where it was still like the original. I mean, that's the thing, right? If we're talking about revivals, like I want it like the original, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Workaholics is one. Um, the other one that I loved that uh, I feel like a lot of people probably saw and it had a weird trans. Uh, it had a main character transition uh, in the middle of the show. Okay. Uh, Spin City. Oh, that's right. Yes. Spin City started off with Michael J. Fox and then went to Charlie Sheen a few uh, a few seasons in. Yes. I would imagine it was due to health reasons with yes, Michael J. Fox. It, yeah, it was exactly at that time. We didn't know why, though. Like, he, he yeah. wasn't, like, out about his Parkinson's. But even with Charlie Sheen, I thought it was still very good. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was a very funny show. So, I love that show. Yeah. So we'd like to see Spin City. The other one, I don't know if you saw. All right. This the show had four seasons. Okay. Season four was not good. Okay. Season three was okay. Seasons one and two were fucking amazing. Uh, we talked about The Simpsons earlier. He is the main character from The Simpsons. A... Uh, washed up, alcoholic, baseball announcer. I am talking about Brockmire. Yes, I've never seen it before, but I keep like everyone is just like you got to see Brockmire. You will, and actually, this kind of the same thing that I've heard from people that like it starts off really great and kind of doesn't finish well, but like the yeah. first couple seasons are awesome. I, I would say. You get, you've got to see seasons one and two. Okay. If you say, hey, I'm stopping after two, I'd be like, not a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> but man, seasons one and two were just so good. And Amanda Pete was in it. She was, excuse me, the female lead. Um, and he is, he's just like this, this washed up old baseball announcer. He's a total alky and it is just hysterical. Some of the stuff that he says on there and some of the stuff that happens like, 
it was um when it was good it was absolutely amazing all right i'll definitely put that yeah i i have to i have to get on in on that one because like a lot of people have it's like one of those you know how you like you 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 like have a show or movie or something and like you'll talk to someone and you're like oh you'll love this i've had so many people tell me like dude you i know you you will love brock meyer and I'm just kind of like, God damn it! I got it. Like, okay, fine. I got to check it out. So, um, Brock Meyer's now on the list. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Good, Put good on call. the list. So, all right. Well, so Pago, what you got on yours? Good choices. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with one that we have talked about. I'll just very briefly here, and like I want to see this version of like what these people are like now. So, like I guess a continuation of the Drew Carey show. I want to see these fat drunk yeah. Clevelanders in their 50s and 60s now. <laughs> Yes. Like, I, I like. Are they doing the same things we are? Getting drunk at the muni lot and passing out before games? Probably. <laughs> are are these? You know, which one? Which one has been watching too much Fox News is now racist? Like, yeah. These these are the questions that I want answered from the Drew Carey show. Yeah. Um, Drew Carey show was great, like a great show. But like you mentioned earlier, if you're from Cleveland, you're legally obligated to watch that show. <laughs> right. It, it really like, I think I think like my, I mean, it is funny. It, regardless, in a vacuum, it's just a really funny show. But like, it is. Imagine like watching. I'm trying to think of like, I'm trying to think of like another city. Like, imagine WKRP watching a TV show that's Cincinnati like. Comes to mind. What's that? WKRP in Cincinnati comes to mind. WKRP in Cincinnati, like... or like some show that was like is like really like hardcore about like Springfield, Illinois, and he would be like. Maybe most people would be like, I I don't understand, like, why does this take place in Springfield, Illinois? And, like, some of, the, like, the, the touches and things that kind of make it, you know what I mean? Like, those touches from the Drew Carey show that make it real Cleveland are just, like, mm-hmm. things that, like, for us, like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I get, like, I get this, I get that, whatever. WKRP in Cincinnati is another good, another good option there. So I think that's, I think even though Drew Carey's show is really popular, I think that's why it hasn't, like, kind of had the same sort of, like, persistence as like uh you know like no one's talking no one is like hey do you remember do you remember drew carey show 20 some years ago wasn't that incredible you know what i mean no one talks about it like that yeah but yeah i do want to if there is a reboot of that i do want to see which one went like far too down the rabbit hole on fox news and it's now crazy <laughs> who is the opening episode is is uh lewis um who's who's actually or no not lewis um Dietrich Bader's character is like Oswald, right? Yeah. And he's like named after um fucking A. God damn it. The he's named after the guy who shot Kennedy. Lee Harvey Oswald? Thank you. Yes. His name is o- Oswald Harvey. Um in the show. Oh, so like I didn't Diet- realize that. So like the first so like the first episode is Dietrich Bader is like they're talking about him uh showing up to the Capitol on January 6th. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So there you go. Drew Carey show. Um, we'll get to the next one here. Uh, oh, we did actually mention it briefly, but can we get a new version of Alf? I would love <laughs> a, like, a version of, and like almost, I kind of almost want the part where he's trying to continuously eat cats. I, I yeah. kind of want him to actually fucking violently eat a cat in the show. Just once. <laughs> I've never met a cat I didn't like. That was always his, uh, his motto. Yep. yep. I, I want a wisecracking alien just to hang out with the family. Um, I think we could do it. And you know what? I don't want like a special effects alien. I want a puppet again. Oh yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. You've got to go old school with a puppet. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then lastly, again, kind of in the same vein of the Drew Carey show, I want to see the boy genius now as an adult. Give me some Doogie Howser, MD. Um, mm. Are we still calling him Doogie, by the way, because he's going to be like a fifty-year-old man? I don't think we, I don't think fifty-year-old men and who are doctors can be called Doogie. Yeah, Doogie Howser would be an interesting one to uh, to see. Like, what is he doing now? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess he'd have to go by Douglas now, or yeah. at least Doug. At least Doug. Because Doogie just can't, like, I wouldn't, like, it's one thing when, like, the 15-year-old is, like, rolling up and calling himself Doogie. It's another thing, like, if I was in a hospital and my doctor's like, hey, it's Doogie. I'm like, nope, give me an adult. <laughs> Get me. All right, but in fairness, if you were in a hospital and they're like, hey, this 12-year-old's going to handle this, he'd be like, uh, no, no, he's not. <laughs> no, again, give me an adult. Get me an adult. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there you go. Doogie Hauser, Alf, and Drew Carey show for me. Um, right. Yeah, solid list. So, uh, anything? Do you got anything else we didn't talk about that's on your mind in terms of sitcoms? Um, you know, I think that the sitcom is all but dead now. I mean, it, it really is. Like, there's not many left um, that are just straight up sitcoms. But then again, you know, when I was looking at that list, we're looking at network TV. I mean, network TV is all but dead, right? Like, who is like, oh man. I got to be home at nine o'clock tonight to watch a show on ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so different. And, and, you know, I feel like I'm, you kind of alluded to this earlier. The way that I watch shows now is when something is available streaming, like I watched Yellowstone recently, right? I just binged through all of them um, yeah. rather than watching them as they come out. Like we all used to. Um, I did actually did the first show that I ever like binged like that was Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen it, and it was um, leading up to the final season, and everyone was talking about it. And so everything was available via streaming. So I binged all of it and then watched the final season as it happened. Uh, so it's just weird now that we just consume TV in such a different way that it's completely changed how it's done. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. I think I think the I think the way that TV works now, there's room for like one sitcom to kind of be, you know, each network has kind of one sitcom. They put a lot of effort behind. Whereas in the past, you know, like, like as I mentioned, as we talked about with TGIF, that was four sitcoms on one night. And then they had two other nights that they were had profiled that also had like three or four sitcoms on. I mean, could you imagine a network right now having 10 sitcoms in prime time? That's just, yeah, there's no way there's just no No. way that's going to happen. Um, so I think there's like room for, you know, there's room for like a modern family. There's room for like the office. There's room for, um, you know, whatever CBS is doing, whatever you know, Fox is doing. There's room for like one of those sitcoms to kind of be elevated, but dramas, reality TV, everything else kind of overtakes it. Um, yeah, I just, you're right. Like it is dead, but there's like, there will always just be like one little like heartbeat for every network they're going to hold on to those as long as they can until I, I think i think we're going to be like in our 60s when the sitcom really kind of disappears in the way that we think of sitcoms i think we got like a solid mm-hmm. 20 to 30 years left so here's another question for you we've been talking 90s sitcoms if you look back at all of the 90s sitcoms um and again we were the the prime age for this kind of thing right? Where we were in our, our teenage years for a lot of it. Who was the female character of, of the nineties sitcoms 
that you were the most into? Oh, man. That really is a good one. Because, like, Lacey Chabert is, a, is way up there for me. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I, you know... I, I, I will... I am going to kind of... I'm going to not cop out, but I'm going to say... Lacey Chabert was way, way up there for me, as as was... There's a reason why I watched Weird Science. I was watching for yeah. Vanessa Angel 1,000%. So, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, and Vanessa Angel was probably like 30 at that point in time, but nonetheless, um, you know, that's that's why I was watching that show. I mean, it was funny enough, but that's why I was watching that show. So, those, yeah. those, those are my two answers, my dual answer there. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um... I'd probably go in Kelly Kapowski on this one hmm. with a um, maybe an honorable mention for, uh, and I'm blanking on her name, the girl from the Wonder Years. Oh, um, yeah, Danica McKellar. Um, yes. Uh, Winnie? Winnie. Yes, Winnie from the Wonder Years. Yeah, there you go. Um, oh, in, in that case, I'll tell you what, one, one more honorable mention. Um, Hillary Banks, 1,000%. Yeah, yeah. She's a fox. She's sure. a fox. She is a fox. She still looks great. Um, also, who's the younger sister? Oh, the younger sister's... Um, God, she likes saying and everything. Um, she's hot, too. Like, she still looks great. They both still look great. Because they're, like, both really good-looking women. I mean, of course. Yeah, uh, Tatiana Ali. Tatiana Lee, yeah. She sang and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good-looking. So, yeah. without a doubt. But, yeah, that was... Um, we had a good one when we were teenagers back then, without a doubt. For sure, dude, for sure. Oh, here's here's something I totally forgot. I skipped over this question, but real quickly here, I want to gauge your, your feeling on this. Um, I don't ever need to see a documentary sitcom ever again. I don't need to pretend like this is being, like The, like the Office, uh, yeah. like Modern Family. I don't ever need to see one of those ever again. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? So when The Office did it, that was the first one that, that I had seen. And I guess it made sense. Well, did the office or modern family come out first? It was the office. Okay. You know what? In props to them for like having this idea and kind of thinking outside the box and, and all that, it was a good idea and it was interesting, but um, yeah, I, I don't need to see more of those. Like, okay, you did it. It was, it was cool and all that, but we don't need to just yeah keep rehashing this. And like, it really doesn't even, and for a lot of those, it doesn't even make sense. Like, who's watching the modern family documentary who's watching the abbott yeah. elementary documentary like in the in the office actually in actually in the original the british office they actually do watch the documentary in that one. Oh, really yeah i, I mean it's much the, that's it's much shorter it's only like two seasons and so it's like what like eight episodes or something like that um but like they actually do watch the their documentary in that show so like porting it directly over makes sense it doesn't really make sense for any of the other shows that have copied it since then yeah i don't know uh one of those things i just like it just it just bugs me all right no, uh, I, I get it. any anything else before we pop out of here no man it was uh it was great being on the pod again um great to talk to you and uh we gotta do this again soon man yeah for sure for sure well i'll probably since you mentioned that you're not a sci-fi person i'm guessing you don't want to do sci-fi september yeah, not my guy. Sorry, <laughs> I, I'm not your guy. All right, man. I pre this is a lot of fun, though. I appreciate you jumping back on and talking some sitcoms with me. Uh, again, something that uh, I could do all day long because I watched far too many of these when I was uh, 
when I was growing up and I had nothing better to do because I was a weird loner. So, you know, yeah, is what it is. All right. Uh, appreciate you, man. Thanks for thanks for jumping on here. And thanks to all you for downloading, listening. And we will catch you next week when we talk about angsty teen music. <laughs>